Hello and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Lonzo. Today I welcome the wonderful Invisible. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on today. So nice to have you. Um, I met you because you had both me and my girlfriend, Ava Devine, on your podcast, The Gentleman Club Diary. Yeah, yeah. Gentleman (laughs) Club Diary. The only thing you didn't say correctly was my name, which is Invincible. 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 I keep on saying invisible. Yeah, invincible. Invisible. So welcome. (laughs) It's all good. Just call me Vince. We're good. Right. So I got to be on your wonderful podcast. And I I did, I have to say, I've been on a lot of podcasts and I'm a picky one. I had fun with your podcast. And when I first found out, I was like, I am so down to do this because if anybody knows me, I miss the days that I was a stripper and that was my cup of the tea. So, and what I learned is you were a manager. Correct. Right. And I want to talk about that because um, I've had strippers on my show. I've had different people in adult industry. You know what I'm saying? I've had producers, directors. I've had burlesque dancers and all that, but I've never had an actual strip club manager. How did you first get into the strip club game? Uh, So it's kind of, you know, what's weird is like, I I don't, I'm going to give you the whole breakdown because me doing me doing music um i was always like around like strippers and different stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i was a big strip club guy uh growing up i was always like wanting to go to strip clubs well i ended up having a friend who was into the ball game and he calls me up and he knows kind of like i got into my little business aspect and trying to learn you know I, i started i created a photo studio and started I had my own business and a friend mm-hmm. of mine was like hey I need you as a manager for a club that I'm I'm running and I said well what do you mean he says yeah you you're the only guy that I know that can probably take on this job and I was kind of just bullshitting I was like yeah I'll check it out so he invited mm-hmm. me to he invited me to the strip club and man that club <laughs> had like I'm not trying to say like the women there, as far as them being super attractive, we had like fours and fives in that, maybe some threes too. So mm-hmm. there wasn't that much attraction in that club. I'll keep it real. So I said, mm-hmm. man, I went up in there and I'm like, this is definitely a strip club I would not come to. But to make a long story short, um, I ended up managing the club, training, never had any experience, went in there, learned the ins and outs. And what I ended up doing was I knew so many girls that I started bringing in the girls I knew, which looked good. And uh, right. we we got the club cracking. Yeah. Like, really. <laughs> you got the club cracking? Yeah, we did. We did. We, we, um, I would like to say, especially during the pandemic, well, a lot of people like to say, oh, you guys were cracking because most of the clubs were closed during the pandemic. But actually, mm-hmm. I started getting it cracking like way before, a little bit maybe a few months prior to the pandemic. And um, yeah, it was, we, we would have like 40, 40, 50 girls a night. Yeah. So what were the first things when you started managing the club that you, that like kind of, you were like, whoa, I didn't know this all went there. Tell us as a man, as a heterosexual man, when you started working in the strip club, because a lot of men have, a lot of people in general think, they have this whole misconception. They think it's like, you're going to go in, you're going to have fun. You're going to see girls all the time, but 
you know, I know how you are and I know you I could see why you're front. You're, you're really a good, you're a gentleman. You know what I mean? It takes a certain type of man to work in that club, but what were some of your, the things that kind of like deceived you when you became a manager? That deceived me. Uh, okay. That's that you a- thought, oh, this is going to be easy. And then you're like, oh no, you know. You know what? Probably dealing with the with the dancers. That was kind How of. Was it? You know what? Okay, check this out. So our club. I don't know if all clubs are like this, but uh-huh. at our particular club, um, the first week, I, I think I trained for a week and a half, and then they just uh-huh. left me alone. Uh-huh. And they let, and they kind of the manager that trained me. He was the general manager. He uh-huh. just he didn't tell me I was responsible for getting my own girls there. So if the girls didn't mess with the manager, like, it's weird how the strip club thing is. Like, there's certain girls, we, am I allowed to curse? Yes, yes. Say what and so they, they say, there's certain girls that say they, uh, oh, they fuck with you. Like, oh, they fuck right. with this man. They fuck with that manager. Well, for me, I was new. So there wasn't many girls that would, you know, fuck with me because they didn't know me. So why are they right. going to work on my shifts? So I remember with the bartender, she's like, I was there for like a few hours, my first day alone. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. where's your girls at? And I'm thinking, this day shift. I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no girls came in till like late at night. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was different for me. Also, the girls did fight a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a challenge trying to deal with them fighting a lot or being in the in, in the locker room. They were very it's it's weird. It's like they're super neat. Like in the real world, outside of the strip club, women could be needy, right? Right. I mean some. And yeah. in the strip club, they're very needy. They need pasties, they need this, tampons, they need this, all kinds of fishnets, they need this, pasties, all kinds. It just the list goes on of what they, they need band-aids. They got to cut. That was like an everyday thing. They need band-aids. So um they need ones, they need change for money. There were certain things that the girls would need. Um, so that was something different. I, I would say the fights, them being needy, uh, some of them even needing rights to the club. So, mm. so there was like different things, but I quickly learned when I didn't have girls that first and second day of my shifts, I went to another strip club and started recruiting girls uh. right away. <laughs> I was money. This is how I got right, my right. shifts cracking. Oh, I'm tell us, tell us. People. Yes. Okay. I would go to the strip club, other mm-hmm. strip clubs, and I would get my ones, you know what I mean? And I'll go throw, I'll go burn a thousand just on, and I would recruit girls. Hey, I'm managing this club. Let me get your number. We exchange numbers. If you guys want to come in, you don't got to worry about an audition, nothing. Come on my shifts. Next thing you know, I would say it took me about two and a half, three weeks. I had me a day shift and I would, I would pick up the girls. So I would mm-hmm. have like two or three girls automatically just opening up the club. I had already three girls with me. Mm, so you oh, help with the challenges with transportation. Uh, yeah, I would I would pick up one girl who had, two other friends that would meet at her house and then we'll mm-hmm. all so right when i'll open up the club i already had three girls to start my shift off that's so smart. if there was guys there there was already three girls there so right, right right and then some some other ones and you learn more i don't know if all clubs are like this i know some clubs are more required to have the girls to work on a schedule at our right. particular club the girls weren't on schedule they would like to come at night that was kind of night shift Oh, okay. They could come whenever they want. 
Um, not necessarily. Like we had a cutoff time. If they came at, after ten, they they pretty much unless they paid a big stage fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, they would come seven and eight. That was kind of the the bad. The girls that look great, yeah, they'll come seven eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I worked at so many different clubs and everyone was um, different, but you were working in Orange County, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I never worked in Orange County. I worked in LA in like Montebello area and all that, but I never worked in Orange. I think it was always too, because I lived in the Valley when I did live in Los Angeles. So yeah. it was too far. And then when I started doing the bachelor parties, that's when I quit the strip clubs altogether. I was like, because it's, I found like a found your 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 right found was it your niche was that what you right it? I like the yeah because I would go do the bachelor parties on the weekend and then be free during the week like I kind of like that where the clubs that I did work at because I remember I worked for the oh I hated the deja vu chain I hated it yeah. it was the Walmart of all strip clubs deja vu man. oh yeah. yeah. See, no, yeah. our firm wasn't like that. We weren't corporate, so. Oh, see, yeah. those are the best clubs because I would get managers that would, I the clubs that were corporate, not corporate, right, were mm-hmm. the best clubs because you got a little bit more, um, like the managers were cooler, more down to earth. They understood stuff. They were, you know what I'm saying? They worked with the yeah. girls and you just showed up. But the corporate clubs, it w- I remember Rhino was some BS. Like it was always some BS. Like they were always shaking you down. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I've, I've, but I've had DJs that work mm-hmm. at like the Rhino and different, and they would work for me as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I kind of, I've never worked in in a in the corporate strip club, but definitely, um, I've learned a lot working in a strip club for sure compared <laughs> to being like a customer when I was younger yeah right 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 now tell us about the customer side of stuff what is something like what is the the how is the customer behavior you get what I'm saying from when you you looking in as a manager yeah. Talk man about that. all right so it did so you know how you said what was kind of different or what mm-hmm. okay that was different because me being a manager getting to see how customers act that was uh, it took me a while to get used to that because uh some customers would go first when I started working at the club I was at all the dudes would hit up the girls to to fuck that was right. like that was the main thing so girls would come and complain and say hey this guy wants offer me some money I'm letting you know mm-hmm. and I would say all right so I would have to warn the guy like yo you can't be doing that you know what I mean this is not that kind of place please don't be doing that mm-hmm. so that was kind of uh shocking that uh, a lot of guys will go in there offering money to the girls for so extra like services a, yeah yeah extra services so that was something that it yeah that was like kind of prohibited in our club mm-hmm. and uh that was like an almost daily thing where i would get complaints or guys whipping out their shit mm. whipping out their shit or they'll get I don't know if they're on something, but maybe they were. They were. They would go in the back with a get a dance, and they would get naked in the back. <laughs> and so the girls would come running out, or say they start screaming like "Get this guy!" And then I would go out there because I'm thinking something like it's crazy. Something happened. major happened, and, and then the guys sitting there buck ass naked. Yeah, he's drunk, but naked. And then I'm uh-huh. like, "What the hell, my god!" I don't know because it was 
During the day shift, it was weird. I think day shift, we probably had the weirdest customers. Really? Yeah. Because you would get the drunk guys. You would get the guys that would go there. They're low-key, a little buzzed, and then they'll get more drunk. And they would just do some weird stuff. Just some weird stuff in there. I'm not. So, yeah, I've, I've had guys go in there. Um, I like to tell this story. Because okay. I had this guy. Uh, he went in there. He, from the day shift stayed in there the oh. whole day and night but he was he was he was i don't know if he was i think he was drinking the whole time but uh-huh. at the end of the night we closed and i see him setting up a tent in the grass area and mm-hmm. i'm like what is this guy doing he's literally <laughs> he's up setting up a tent <laughs> a tent and he's putting the 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 stakes is that what you call them the stakes like nailing the the, the, the tent down in the grass so I'm like, hold up. I said, hey, bro, what like, what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I said, yeah, well, what do you do? You can't, you're trying to sleep here? He's like, yeah, I got to sleep here because I got to get up early so I don't have to pay entry fee. I don't want to pay an entry fee. He was going to sleep the night in a tent in the strip club. <laughs> in the grass, outside, right outside the front oh door, in the, gra- in the grass area. So he didn't have to pay uh, actual fee in the, in the next oh day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So like stuff like that was crazy to me. There was a guy too waiting in the bushes for the girls. Yeah, there's like weird stuff. There dudes would do some weird stuff. So the the guys were way weirder weirder than the females. Like females are more predictable. Nah, you know what? They ain't. (laughs) (laughs) They ain't. I think I think they go it goes hand in hand because I've seen the strippers do some crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell is she doing? You know what I mean? So I've seen strippers just start macking down a random dude right in front of kissing a random dude. And I'm like, you know, you're on camera. Like, what are you doing? Doing that? Or I'll see like a random girl. She'll start like, she say she's maybe 23, 24. This guy's probably in his 70s. And they're tonguing it up right there. And I'm like, what the what? hell? Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? But she's getting her sugar daddy. She's getting her sugar daddy. So I would see stuff like that. Um, Man, uh, now you're going to, with this podcast episode, we're going to get guys back in the strip club. With this pod- They're like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. But I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm as a person that now, the only reason I went online during the pandemic is I have bad lungs. You know what I mean? I've shared that before, but I missed the hell out of stripping. I had some fun stripping <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying it's some crazy stories like in the strip i could keep going on and on because there there's so many i mean oh man yeah there's there's a lot of stuff i mean i've witnessed so much i, I witnessed this one dude he got like butt naked in the back right uh, uh-huh. butt naked and he uh he passed out no one knew he was back there <laughs> I, the girl none of the girl i don't know what the girl did i don't know she Maybe took all his money. I have no clue. But, you know, when the security guards came in, they would check the back area. And uh-huh. so they came up to me and they're like, hey, there's some guy. He's like totally butt naked. All his clothes are off, just laying there. And I'm like, man, I said, I ain't getting that guy out. So I didn't know what to, you know, what to do. But there there were mm-hmm. situations like that where we would have to, you know, I'll get a couple guys and we'll carry the guy and throw him out or something. Yeah. So, yeah, our a lot would happen there was the guys would be overly grabby and trying to like yes, yeah. 
And sometimes we would tell them like, hey, you guys got to chill out on the smack ass smacking. And mm-hmm. they would try to fight or a lot of fights. Happen. Oh, I appreciate that because I hated when my ass was smacked in the strip club. In certain clubs, mm-hmm. I could tell you that when I was in Cali, I worked, I felt like the deja vu chain, they didn't care at all. Like, mm-hmm. it, I felt like that, like, in fact, they were paying the cops. I wouldn't deny it. I felt like they just, they didn't care. It was kind of sad, but I always appreciated clubs where they looked out for us like that. Yeah, you know what? I did a, I think I did a fair job or I did a great job actually, mm-hmm. but at, at trying to regulate some of the ag- overly aggressive customers mm-hmm. that would be trying to like, trying to basically have sex with the girl that is just trying to give a regular lap dance. So I try to regulate as much as possible. Um, you know, things happen. Uh, I've been in a, tons of incidents at the club. Uh, but for the most part, I think I did a, an all right job. And how many years were you a manager? Um, I was like, I think close to four years managing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happened with me was, um, I got stabbed <laughs> in the club. Yeah. You yeah. got, so tell us about this incident. I didn't know you got stabbed. So I never shared this with nobody. Like th- okay. as far as, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's some camera footage of, me being in a few fights in these clubs floating around mm-hmm. somewhere. But uh what happened was a group of biker guys came into the club and they wanted to uh bring a bring in a knife. And the security guards like, no, you guys can't. I actually was outside when this when he told him, No, you guys can't. I kind of sense it's weird how when working in the club environment, you kind of know who's bad. Like you you kind of sense the energy. Like yeah. these people ain't really good people to be in here. So uh, we end up taking the knife away and we let them come in. But for some reason, I don't know, they were kind of being a problem. So uh, they end up leaving towards the end of the night. They end up leaving, but they came, they came back knocking, banging on the door. So I opened the door and um, they're like, hey, we let your security got your knife, this and that. So I go up to the security guard. He's like, uh, he's like, no, I, 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 I gave it back to him. So I said, okay, well, they're complaining about a knife. So he kind of walks up there. And right when he walks up there, uh, a fight breaks out. Mm-hmm. And so I jump in and I didn't know the dudes had a knife. And yeah, so they, they were they were stabbing us up. Damn. Yeah. So did you end uh, up in the hospital? Um, I ended up going. I had to go because I had to get staples and stuff in my head. I guess oh. the top of my head, I think right here. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, shoot. Yeah, in the back of my head. Yeah. So. That was like one incident, but, um, so yeah, stuff like that can happen. And then there was another incident where a shooting happened and, and I was also, also involved. So working at a strip club, it does have his, his danger moments too. Right. 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 Yeah. No, it can be. I feel like I learned from the early years of me working at a strip club. I learned how to like stand up for myself big time Mm -hmm. and how to defend myself. Cause now when, um, I do the Exotica conventions. I've been able to handle the problems. Do you get what I'm saying? Like like I remember, I think it was Washington, D.C. Because I'm like, I'm not going back there. Um, I had some people, like I had a drunk guy come in. And I knew like I was able to navigate the situation where I would see other girls like the littlest thing bothers them. But with me, I can like, I know how to deal with drunk people. 
Yeah. Oh, see, right. That's yeah. You, you learn how to, when you, yeah. when you work with, when you work with the, the intoxicated, I think this is all club people. You learn how to like deal with people without causing conflict. So there was one manager that I worked with and this guy, man, I never seen anybody kick people out so classy. He would, there would be like a drunk guy acting like a fool. And he'd be like, do you need us to get you a cab? And then, and the drunk guy that's acting like a fool would be like, oh yeah, that would be good. And then he would send them on the way. And he, the but he would, he would keep calm and he would, this manager, his name was Greg. I'll never forget it. He just knew what to say and how to handle those bad situations. He had it in him. And you learn that though, working in the clubs, because you deal with these crazy different personalities. Yeah, you you're you're so right that you learn because you yeah. just a bunch of things in my head. You do learn because you can have somebody. I've had people cursing me out. Fuck you! I'm gonna kick your ass. And I <laughs> said, bro, let's just go outside. Don't you know? He's like, I got my bill. I got my beers. I said, how much are your beers? He's like, uh, I don't know, twenty dollars. I spend. I said, look at bro, I'm gonna give you twenty dollars. You're gonna call it a night. You come back tomorrow, I'll buy you a beer. And they're like, okay. So that happened a lot of times. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of learn to kind of just let yeah. people vent or they're mad or whatever. Sometimes you can't, but for the most time, it does work. People, are yeah. And you, and I noticed that the managers that had that attitude that didn't let you, in order to be a good manager, like at a strip club, you can't, you can't be one of these guys that you're just going to blow up any minute. You can't be this roid rager or nothing. Cause I've seen them, I've seen them roid rager bouncers before that, that get ticked off at anything and they don't last. You have to have that like calm composure. And like you said, like, Oh, you know, you, you had a lot of drink. Don't worry. Let me take care of this tomorrow. Like that. You have to have that attitude. Like, it's, yeah, because yeah, with the bouncers, if if you're uh the bouncers, I, I've been around a couple bouncers that are very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that because you wanna you wanna defuse the issues straight up. You don't want none of that. Because yeah. sometimes that can make that's when the shootings can happen. That's when a bigger thing can happen by something by an aggressive person. So I, I did my best to try to be able to uh diffuse things. Some things just weren't diffusable. And you got to oh, do I it. get it. Yeah. yeah. No, I worked at the club I worked at in Tampa called Mons Venus. This is a well-known club. They, they did a really, really smart thing with um, the owner did this with the bouncers, all the bouncers, they didn't wear a uniform. Mm-hmm. He called them runners and they were in plain clothes and they could, and they would watch over stuff, but they would be sitting around. You wouldn't even know they were bouncers or anything but I thought that was smart so um because the bouncers we rarely never had issues because the bouncers were like kind of camouflaged they were kind of like undercover cops and it was kind of smart because he had the bouncers like you would see them talking with customers and you know what I'm saying? And it was like kind yeah. of a front like the way he did it was smart because they they did they weren't coming in like oh like ready to manhandle. And I think when men, you know, two men can't go and, you know what I'm saying? There has to be like, you got to let them have fun, like on your part, but then you got to like be cordial. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, b- bouncers, you got to be hiring people. I was definitely, uh, I was aware of, I would ask that. I, I've had some pretty aggressive bouncers that are very strict and, mm-hmm. um, 
and they might not like you said they might not last that long so they might last months then you got to get rid of them because it's just it's just too much drama that happens with somebody that's overly aggressive yeah yeah those those juice heads roid ragers or whatever those guys can't even uh uh-uh i've seen a couple of those in my lifetime like you know what I'm saying? And then they don't last. They have a million problems. So right. now, did any girls ever try coming on to you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, tell that, us, tell yeah, us that. about that. All right. I'll, I'll give you some goods. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So for the most part, if I was sober, I was mm-hmm. well behaved. I'd be totally real. I try to be respectful and, and just... Uh, cool but when i was drunk i was a fool too i'll be real i might say some crazy shit and talk shit but i used to be i used to play around so mm-hmm. I, in my office the girls used to come you know they, they'll come all the time so every once in a while there'd be a girl in there and she'll she might flash me and say hey what do you think about this or, or she might just rush me the strippers mm-hmm. one thing w- which was kind of cool with the strippers is i didn't have to try it was more like they would rush rush me, and if I wanted to do it, then it was on. If I didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Then it is what it is. But yeah, we I've had some moments. You've had some. Did you ever have to? Did you ever feel violated as a strip club manager? Hey, you know what? Like you're like, oh no, 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 no. Like, um, like I've had. Oh. You know what? I never felt violated because I was like, <laughs> um, I was cool about it. You know what I mean? I, but you can't um, break the willing. Yeah, but imagine if it was like the other way around, right? Then I would have been like, right. But no, no, I never felt violated because it. Most of the women that that would hit on me, they were pretty good looking. So I was like, hey, it's cool. I would be respectful, but if right, I was, right. if I was drinking or something, then I would be more open. That to, you were drinking on the job as a manager. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So so yeah, we would drink all. Really. Yeah. Just like never- I'm drinking right now. <laughs> oh, look at you, you having a corona. I'm like, a beer don't count. Um, I would tell the girls that when they would come in my office at the end of the night when we do the cash outs, I'll cash out all the girls and I'll tell the girls, baby, go get me a drink. They say, what mm-hmm. kind of beer you want? I said, look it, just pick me a beer. If it's a good beer, then I'm going to like you. If not, <laughs> I'm going to send your ass back to go get me another beer. And they'll usually will bring me like something cool or they'll bring right. me a shot. The bartenders already knew I had my routine. And if I had a good night, then yeah, we I would have the girls drinking with me. We'd, we'd, I try to make the environment as fun as possible. That's good. Now tell me what your opinion as a strip club manager makes a good stripper. What makes a good stripper? Ooh. Yeah. All right. So for me, um <clears throat> all right so i'm trying to think of i'm trying to compare because i work day shift and night shift so i'm trying to mm-hmm. compare uh, the two what was it you could do the best type of day shift stripper versus the best type of night shift stripper that's what we'll do okay so the best day shift stripper one that comes in on time so if you can get there early because there's money in the daytime you know what i mean there's always especially if you if you can get there when we're opening or within the first half hour that we're there that makes a good stripper a loyal one one that's working say my shifts are four days a week if you come mm-hmm. right when we're opening to me that makes you a valuable stripper because i i need you to be there because when there's customers there they want something to talk to they want right. something to talk to not just the bartender they want something 
where they can maybe hold on to or whatever. Cause so, so to me, a valuable day shift girl is just getting there on time. Um, being consistent. I think being consistent, uh, not being shy or not afraid mm-hmm. to go on stage. Um, to me, that makes a, a, a good stripper. I'm trying to think what else. Cause I used to have all kinds of day girls that would come. They'll bring me gifts and food and different things i used to like working i was kind of a weird one because day shift has a bad rap but i've honestly in my day i made way more money during the day than i ever did at night you know yeah girls will tell me that the day shift you don't got to deal with as much bullshit yeah and the night shift you're dealing with more drunks i felt like in the day shift on a weekend you would kind of get some weirdos in there but Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like there was there was money during the day. Yeah. So I, I would say as far as what makes a good uh, dancer for in my situation, just a girl that was consistently there being there and a girl that was outgoing, having an outgoing personality. Right. Actually, there were some girls that I would work with that knew how to get a customer to buy her a drink, buy me a drink, and we would all drink together. And we would. Cool. Yeah. So those girls to me are valuable because. They know how to make the bar money, mm-hmm. make the manager happy, make them happy, make the customer happy, and it, it becomes a party. And that's kind of the vibe that you want to set off anyways. Yeah. That's day shift, girl. Yeah. No, I, I used to love day shift because you could sit, you could talk with people. And like I said, I've made more money, but that's the environment that I personally miss, like in sex work. It's like we all hanging out. We're having a good time. Mm. You yeah, know what you- I mean? My thing as a manager, I wanted that good, uh, I wanted good music. I would try to observe the crowd. You know, if you had guys that didn't like only Spanish speaking guys, then I might Mm -hmm. throw some, some, some Mexican music or some cumbias or something, something that's like dance me or something that they might like, you know, I'll throw in a twist. If it's just more hip hop guys that like rap, I might, I'll try to feel the vibe. Hood dudes, I'm going to be real. The hood dudes didn't really get a lot of love because them guys are trouble now. Just messing. But no, the hood mm-hmm. dudes, I, I would try to put on fun rap music. You know, I would throw on a soldier boy, uh, crank, what's that? Crank that. You, crank yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I want it to be fun. I don't want them to be angry. So right. I would try to switch up the music and put on a fun hip hop song. And I'll get on the mic and just, I did, I did a lot of different things. I think I was kind of versatile as far as a manager. That's good. And now, what makes a good night shift dancer? Good night shift dancer. Uh, oh, night. Okay, so I would say. Uh, all right. So let me let me let me get my my thinking cap on. <laughs> makes a good. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I had issues with with girls and what. So I think a good uh, night shift girl would be someone that's not. Um, I noticed a lot of dancers were kind of shy little embarrassed mm. or they were like oh if they weren't they would need drinks to go mm-hmm. on stage or they'll need drink they'll need something to kind of get them going but a good night shift girl would be a girl that wants to go on stage with no problems no hassle to showcase who she you know showcase her moves pretty so- much sober like she doesn't need a drink to go up yeah, that that's that that's a good girl that would just go up there you tell them right. hey you're 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 next up they'll go right up there um mm-hmm. Also, uh, maybe someone that can 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 draw can get bottle services. It depends what the what kind of club you're working at. Our club, we would push 
bottle services. So uh, uh, what they knew how to do is they knew how to go up to a customer that was barely coming in and they knew how to kind of get them to buy a bottle. And they would, they would maintain that connection and they would invite them back to always have them and their friends there to buy bottle services. So there's certain girls that know how to keep a, a good list of clientele. And, right. and so to me, the girls that can keep a good clientele and go up there on stage and present themselves, I think that w- is what makes a good, uh, nice ship girl. I don't know if good I, nice. yeah, gave you a whole. Right, right. No, you broke it down. You broke it down. Good. And this is the part where a lot of people, um, you know how like pole dancing is so like people think I've, I've talked to girls that have never stripped and they're like, oh, I got to take a couple pole dancing classes. And I always tell girls, like, that's not all what stripping is. Like, yeah, you do have to go up on stage, but the pole will come to you. It's your, your, you have to be able to be able to talk to anybody and be willing and open to talk to anybody if you want to be a successful stripper. Like, that's how, what it takes to be a stripper. Because a lot of people have this misconception you got to take pole dancing classes. You got to buy all these crazy outfits. But how much of you think that's important and true? Okay, so back to your first part, and then we'll get back to that. Uh, as far as uh, you have to have good customer service. Yes. You have to have good, you have to be greeting to the, the customers that are coming into their, coming in there. You got to be able to talk to them, greet them. Um, just, and that's what I'm saying. You got to greet them, then showcase your abilities on the stage. If you're are a good dancer. Now, how much does the pole dancing and all that, man, there were some girls, you'll be amazed. There were some girls that could not dance at all. They didn't know how to even go on the pole and they'll just booty shake a little bit and they'll get guys throwing you know, a hundred real quick, 200, three, sometimes a thousand bucks. So for me, um, if I was auditioning you and you didn't know how to dance, but you look fine, I probably would still hire you if you would look great. So it, mm-hmm. to me, it doesn't really matter, but if you don't have the, you know, the looks and the, the, the body done up and all that stuff, and, and you don't know how to dance at all. And I, you know what, I think it's more, it's more, um, confidence i yeah. think us managers we're we're not necessarily hiring you on your dance moves we're we're hiring you based on your confidence the way you look on that stage right so does it does it mean i don't think pole dancing no because there's some girls that that's all they do is pole dancing and that's their thing and they make mm-hmm. money on stage and then there's some girls that that's not their thing yeah and they still make money yeah so i would say it's about I would say 70% would be, you don't really need those skills on that. And then there's maybe a 30% where if you have those skills and maybe not all the great looks, you can really do great on the stage. Now, if you got both then yeah, you're dope. You're yeah, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, You're good to go. I just, I always have to break it down to people because I've told people like, why don't you dance? Like, They'll be like, I need money or whatever. And they do this. I'm going, just dance. Like, and they're like, I need to take classes or I need to. And I'm like, no, you don't. You just need to walk up to people. To me, I felt like stripping is a young girl's game because you've got to have that energy to be on the heels. It is a young girl's game. It's not that you're going to be discriminated. It's the energy factor. Yeah. Of having that right amount of energy. Yeah. I had these three girls that did not know how to dance. Mm-hmm. look great so I had to hire them I'm gonna be real mm-hmm. I hired them 
they danced, they made money. Like they had bags of money and I cashed them out at the end of the night. And they told me, I said, so uh, I said, can you guys come back tomorrow? You know, I wanted them to come back. And um, two of the girls are like, well, this was on our bucket list to be strippers for the night. What? It's our bucket list. <laughs> yeah. They, they said <clears throat> that was on their bucket list to be a stripper. Mm-hmm. For the night. I said, so what do you guys mean? And they said yeah this was on our bucket list we wanted to give it a try just to try it out we don't want to do this we just wanted to do it one time in our lifetime we did and this is hard work our feet hurt we're never going to do this again this is too hard so I was like dang that's that's a trip that it is a lot of hard work it it, you know to really go out there you got to be hustling like you said you have to have the energy if you're just lazy and just chilling you don't be mad if you ain't making no money don't make yeah because there's are there are girls in there that are the the club i was in was really up tempo you had to go out there when somebody would buy a bottle service you had like 10 girls trying to get in that section so it was very you had to be ready ready to go Mm, ready ready to go now what do you think for any gentlemen that are listening right now what is the advice for them when they go into a strip club to be a proper gentleman and what to do when they enter a strip club? Cause I had somebody ask me that um, a fan asked me that to, to, you know, to do an episode like this. So I'm so glad I found you, but um, what would you recommend in the customers and when they, from when they first come to the club, how they get a dance and how they should act when, in a strip club. Okay. So first and foremost, don't be a jerk and jerk. What I mean is, when you come into the strip club, you know, grab, grab some ones, you know, you, you can usually get ones right when you come into a strip club. Now, if you can't mm-hmm. to the bar, make sure my thing is when you come to a strip club, understand that it is a tipping industry. You mm-hmm. come to the bar, make sure you tip the bartender. She's serving you. Make sure you give her some tip. You know what I mean? Give her tip the bartender, take care of the, the bartender that's serving you and take care of your dancer. Don't go over there smacking her ass. And if she wants you to smack her ass, just make sure you're tipping her money or she's comfortable with it. Make sure you have some ones to spend. Don't come in there with no ones. Don't mm-hmm. come in there trying to dive over the tip rail, trying to stick a dollar in the girl's butt cheeks. Nah, like there's a, there, there is an, uh, an etiquette that you got to abide by when you're coming to a strip club. And I think that just have respect for the girls. Uh, make sure you do have money to spend. Don't go there with just $20. You know, we I've talked to dancers about this, about how much money should a customer bring. And I think a fair amount is at least come to a strip club with at least, you know, 300 bucks. Because you're probably going to, that's, and that's not even a lot. Just come right. with 300 bucks, enough to buy a couple of drinks, whatever. Your entry fee, tip some of the girls, maybe get a dance with that 300 bucks. At least yeah. that. That's what I'm asking. Um, when you're giving a dance, uh, the same thing. Don't be overly aggressive. Don't be trying to trying to screw the girl, especially if she doesn't want to be screwed or touched in a, a, a foul way. Um, because you guys are human beings, and I mean, don't don't treat you guys like you guys ain't shit. So th- that's something for me. Um, don't go out there whipping out your dick because that's you're gonna get kicked out real quick. That was a common <laughs> thing guys whipping out the dick. I would say when you're coming to a strip club, just be respectful. You know what I mean? Be respectful to the women, be respectful to everybody. And um, that, that'll go a long ways. Yeah. I don't know. Question. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. I, I did have a fan one time ask me and 
I was trying to find like, who can I, who can I, and I think you, you bring it the best way because it is coming from a man. And I just, strip clubs are, I'm really, I believe in them. I think they're great. Like for a guy's night out. They're they're awesome. They're awesome. What was the problem with, with it is that I talked to other dancers about this, about like, what is it with us men? When we go to a strip club, we go wild. We go berserk. We go in there just trying to touch the girls. We, I get it. We're around naked women. And mm-hmm. some of us might be in a relationship and we haven't been able to, to go out and party. I get right. it. But one thing as a manager, I learned, it's like, uh, it's like being a big a, adult babysitter. I was like an adult babysitter every day. I was just babysitting adults, making sure they're not doing something crazy. Um, not bring. We had guys doing lines of coke on, on the girls every time they come, or they'll do something, and I'm like, "Bro, I know you're the coke guy. We got to get you out." So there were certain things that customers would do, and it's like, "Man, you're an adult, and you're acting like you're a little kid running wild in there." I can imagine you having headaches. I could see the girls probably. Oh, there was a lot of headaches. I mean, we had, man, you had just so many. You would have guys eat because we served food in our spot. Uh huh. They'll eat a bunch of buffalo wings, right? And they're just throwing uh-huh. buffalo wings all over the floor. Oh, like, and I'm no. like, bro, like for real, do you do that at your house? Like, so there was really no manners in the club. It's just like a free for all. And you have to kind of regulate. It's not that you want to be a jerk. You want to, you, you, there are rules. You can't just go in there and throw your chicken wings on the floor. You can't just smack right. girls and not tip them no money. You can't just buy drinks. You can, but you you can't just buy drinks and not tip your bartender any kind of money. Like, be courteous. R- remember, this is their job. This is the, the strippers. They're working on tips. The bartenders, they're working on their tips. So yeah. be courteous, uh, be respectful. And and I understand it's hard being around naked women and drinking. It, it, it's, it's a tough task. It's a tough task. It's a tough task. It is it is a tough test, but just think but uh, don't you find that in strip clubs? I found this. This might I also you know because I'm a female. I found that strip clubs, out of all the sex work I have done in my life, it's the most family feeling oriented in a way. Like yeah. I felt like because are you close to some girls? Like you started feeling like they were your sister, and you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I became close to a lot of girls. Like just like they were, like I said, we they would bring me food. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need a coffee, sometimes I would never even expect it. They'll just come in with coffee. They knew what I liked already. They'll come and bring me a shot of alcohol. Or if I wasn't having a good day, they would massage me. So it was just like, it was. So I made sure when I seen a guy disrespecting them, I was on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, re- I made sure to, pre- I was like a protector of them. I protected them and I would risk my life for them as well. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it is like a family. We all look out for each other. The yeah. girl let me know if somebody was doing. They'll they'll rat on the guys like, hey, this guy's doing this and this and that, and they kind of let you know what was kind of happening in the yeah. club scenes. Because yeah. there there is a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that not even us managers are aware of, and right. then some of the girls will start letting us know like, hey, this is this, this and that is kind of happening here. Right. Did you always have? Um... I noticed this at every strip club. I I even joke about this. When I see storage centers, I would always work with a girl that would be like, I got to pay my storage. Oh, oh, you ever work with one of those girls? Like they're like down on their luck and then they they got all their shit in the storage and they would be working. I worked with 
Yeah, I work with this one girl. Man, there's she always don't. that down on her luck girl that would. I remember, like, it, for me, I worked with probably five or six girls. And I would hear this, I got to pay my storage. I got everything in my storage. I got to pay my storage. But like, you didn't. Well, I worked with one girl that lost her storage. So she had all her stuff (laughs) in her car. She had all her stuff in her car. Check this out. All Mm -hmm. her stuff in her car. And uh, there was a a tow truck that was getting, getting a car. And I'm like, I get on the microphone real quick. Like, yo, there's a white uh, Honda outside, whosoever it is. Because I'm thinking it's a customer. Well, it happens to be a, a dancer. She's doing a lap dance. She gets, I, I say it a bunch of times on the microphone. Mm-hmm. She runs out there and it happens to be her car that they're touring. Mm-hmm. So she was able to just get like her clothes, some of her clothes, a bag of thing, her clothes. And that was all she got. They still told her. Damn. I felt bad for her. She still worked. But in the process of, of, of us talking, she um she told me that she had all her stuff in the store. She was able to get uh, most of her stuff and have her car stuff with all her stuff. But yeah, she was late on her bill and they they told her car at the club. Damn. That that happened to her. I know another girl like she lost her house and man, there's so many stories. They'll be crying. Yeah, cuz I witnessed I kept on witnessing in my day well, damn, they were losing houses and car. In my day, they were like, they had like their, their shit in the storage. And I remember like five or six girls and I would, it was like every club I was go to, there would be that one girl like cracked out of her mind going, I got to go pay my storage. Everything's in my storage. Right. So like in the, in the, in the present, I told a, an old partner of mine and we joke about that every time we see a storage center, he goes, there's a storage. Yeah, there's a You stupid, know what I'm saying? So I think of the old the strippers trying to pay their um, storage and all that, but but yeah, you, you worked know, during, during yeah, the pandemic. I, yeah. Oh, we're working in the pandemic. Um, so during that time, if you couldn't pay your storage, you were doing something wrong because during that yeah. pandemic time, there was at the club I was at, there was like money being thrown everywhere. Like it, wow. it was like I have videos of just people just stimulus like, money. Yeah, just yeah, that's what they were PP doing. Loan. Yeah, there's all money everywhere. And I was like, damn, like there would be people just I, I used to get tipped mm-hmm. a lot with the customers, but man, that tips were good back back in uh pandemic days. Yeah. I was stuck in New York and I just I just did out I, I just messed online and I did well then, but I couldn't really risk it going to the strip clubs um mm-hmm. during that period of time. See, I wish because I've heard stories. <laughs> oh no if you would have been at my my spot you would have been like damn i like this oh yeah LA, yeah everywhere in southern california they love me not in new york not they don't but, like you in new york i don't know it's just i'll tell you one thing like i'm from what's crazy is i'm from the east coast and um i got so much love in california and i keep on thinking i'm like damn maybe i should come back you know what I'm saying? I got so much love and it's sad what's happening on the um, East Coast now that I feel like like I live in Brooklyn and they're kicking all the Puerto Ricans out and it's just not so much Latinos like they used to be. That's how I feel. And the strip club game is different because um, from what I hear, they just have uh, bartenders in New York. They got one club called Starlets and I'm like, bartenders? Like, where's the lap dancing? And they're like, no, the bartenders make money. And every time I ask, it it just sounds backwards. Like the bartender, the strippers don't make money. The bartenders do. They don't do lap dances. 
Um, and I thought that was weird because I love, I personally, when I dance, I enjoyed giving lap dances. I enjoyed going in the VIP rooms and I enjoyed that connection. So I don't really, I don't under that concept of being behind the bar and then getting tipped. That's just, a, that was, that's a different form yeah, of you, work. You know what? The, the, the bartenders, it was kind of weird. Cause you know, the bar, they have the bartenders looking like strippers and the way they were mm-hmm. dressed and stuff. And so some of the bartenders will make probably just as much, if not more. Oh, as the strippers? The, as the strippers. Yeah. They didn't have to do as much, just serve. Right. Alcohol. But um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, they would complain about getting tips and it, it kind of was, it, it kind of did seem like a competition, like the bartenders, mm. would come, they would kind of. But, but they give lap dance at your club. In not New the York. bartenders. Right. Not the, no, no, no. I'm talking about. They do lap dances because yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. clubs in New York, they don't do lap dances. Man, then don't go to New and York. That's, that, that sounds weird to me. And then, but they're like big clubs and celebrities go there. And I still don't understand the point of like, yeah, there's a club called Starlets. I would love to interview the owner because I'd be like, yeah, what do they do? Like, I'm so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Like, what do you guys do? Like, what's do the they point? Have like, do they have dancing on the floor? Yeah, I think, we're, you know, where Sam's is in um, L.A. Sam's, yeah. I worked there for like a minute and I remember they did like $10 dances, but there were some girls that they didn't want. Table. They just used to right? They would want to get the I didn't like that. The stage I like making because I'm more I got game. I like to talk. Yeah, you like talk. See, that, that, that's there's different type of dancers. There's right. Just that that's all they can do is just shake their booty on stage and want tip yeah. money. Then there's dancers that nah, they just want to get dances. Then there's yeah. dance, there's dancers that just like talking and getting tipped. Well, I like talking and I always enjoy talking and I love getting lap dances. Yeah. I miss it. And yes. then when I did bachelor parties, we used to play different games and that was fun. We would do different yeah. and that it was it was really enjoyable when I did bachelor parties for me. You know what I'm saying? Like bachelor because, parties, yeah, they don't seem as popular now. Or am I wrong? I think they're not popular and I'm going to be real with you because FOSTA SESTA happened. Uh And when I used to do bachelor parties, we all used to use Backpage. Well, they took down in 2018, they took down Backpage. So there's really nowhere to advertise. Uh And I don't know if Latin's finest, that was real popular. I worked for them too in California in Southern California. Um, they right. were, did you guys go to the clubs and stuff? Is that what you that was? We didn't go to the clubs. We just they would book us. I remember for different. So I worked for different people and then I would book my own. Mm-hmm. I started booking my own because they did the fake pictures. And then I was like, this is me. This is who I am. This is who you're going to get. And the moment I showed who I was, I started my money like sword. So yeah. I did better not working for company. I did, you know, I made money with companies and I'll be real with you. Like some of the companies were good people, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but the moment I was like, this is me like that, my money soared. So, and I was booked. So that's what got me when I started doing that. I didn't bother to even work in clubs anymore because I was working at the deja vu chain and they, I didn't really care for the deja vu chain. Cause it was like the Walmart of strip clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and now, it was. There, yeah, there, it was, there are different vibes with clubs, though. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. Every club is different, and I remember Sam's had a different vibe. But I worked there for like a quick minute, but I really wasn't like. I wasn't really like crazy about it. 
You weren't, you didn't like you know sand? You what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. It just was, because I remember it was, because I'm more of a, like, hustle. Yeah. I hustle. And that was about going up on stage. And I don't really like, I didn't like staying up super late. And overall, I made way more money doing private parties. Got it. And I knew how to, because of the years of stripping, I know how I could walk into a private party and I could, I could control the environment good. And that was, yeah. yeah. And I had different guys that were bouncers or like I turned a one DJ into a bounce. Like I would bring him with me. So at least I had like a male presence and all that. And um, it was cool. Was that, and then was that ever dangerous or not really? Um, there were a couple times I had more problems when I worked for those bachelor party companies than when I worked mm-hmm. for myself. Because they would send me to any kind of thing and they wouldn't really care. When I worked for myself, I could feel it out. I could be more straightforward. Um, I had regular, believe it or not, like I would do parties. And then because I would pass up my card and a week or two later, then I would get another party from that. So I ended up because I knew when once I would go to something, let's say there's 20 people at the end, I would pass my card around. Somebody else would call yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it, it, much- it it grew like that, but I know after Backpage shut down, it was real hard to even do the parties. I would personally um, never do the parties in New York that I did in LA. Um, and the most respectable customers I had, to be honest with you, were Mexican Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, if I went to a party with white guys, it was always an issue, believe it or not. Because people would say, yeah, people say, like, if I went in a party and it, it like, I went into, like, a party with Mongols and I, and had oh, no yeah. issues, no problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? But then I went into one time there was some, um, some white guys and they were, they just, like, I, I said, oh, my God, they're going to be problems. And sure, like, I just knew it. And then they were like, well, if I give you this, what are you going to do now for this or whatever? And I'm like, look, we're going to play games. No, 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 no. Um, I'm going to give you like, it was something about, I'm going to, for some reason on the West, I can say this about the West Coast because the East Coast is a lot different. The West Coast, a lot of Mexican American, they have respect. And so, because I gave respect, I didn't come in there. I wasn't a bitch to nobody. And I was yeah, nice yeah. that you get back respect. With the um the Merrick, the a lot of the um the white American men, um, I noticed when they were around their friends, they wanted to play more tough, like, oh, I don't I'm not gonna spend money, I'm not gonna spend money. But then when I got the white guys alone, they spent the most money. Oh damn. You but when yeah. when they were like in a group, because people right, but because people talk, you know, people will, um, and I tell the truth, people always talk shit about like, oh, you know, be careful, these gang members or, you know, the, uh, who is it, uh, like the Mongols or whatever, like that was one of, they behave better than when I did a party for Long Beach Police Department. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, like how the hell the Mongols are behaving better than Long Beach Police Department. So, because I did the Long Beach Police Department's um, parties, I did, um somebody for LAPD and uh yeah I did a whole bunch of parties but but um yeah that is crazy you mentioned that because I've you know me having I used to do a lot of uh parties too at my at my facility Mm -hmm. yeah and I remember one time uh I had a bunch of crips that that rented my spot Mm -hmm. and um 
I was like, man, what what am I doing? And to be real, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they they respected the place. They looked thugged out, but they they had their crypt security. And uh, man, they took care of my place. And yeah, there was no problems. Then I had a rock band that went up in there. I like rock music, so <laughs> let's not get that twisted. But uh, mm-hmm. they went in there and trashed the place. I ended up getting into it with the. Mm. so yeah you you have you can't really judge a book by its cover no you can't yeah yeah but I knew like when I was in LA you know I went to some parties like with the Corona like Montebello Rancho Cucamongo um all the Cali Cali cities all the Cali like I went up to Oxnard um the Ventura County area yeah I did up in Ventura County I did all those places and I got like it was I I got treated good you know what I'm saying but um you know what I mean I I didn't when it was my parties things were good but you know like that was a part of my life that I did I enjoyed myself and thank god I lived you know what I'm saying? I live yeah, to survive, yeah. but I, no, was, it is. I, yeah. I I think it was the years of me being in the club and just learning, like, you gotta, you gotta give back respect to earn it too. You can't as, and also as a dancer, I can say this because a lot of girls get mad. Like if I worked a club and I asked 40 guys for a lap dance and they all said, no, okay. They said, no, right now, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to be like, Oh, fuck them, whatever. I'm going to have a smile in my face and walk away from them. And some girls would get pissy with the guys and be like, oh, screw him, whatever. Well, at the end of the night or the end of the shift, guess who made all the money? Because I kept a good attitude. So See, that's what I'm saying. Good customer yeah. service. Because right. look, you, you might like it, say I was a customer in a strip club. You might come up to me and I might say, no, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like you. What it right. means, there's been the majority of girls I actually might get a lap dance. I might pay for a lap dance for when I would go to a club as a girl that actually might have hit me up two or three or even four times. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm kind of like some of us for me, I'm speaking for myself. I could become like a, a pleasure delayer where I kind of delay right. where I'm like, should I, should I? And I, mm-hmm. and actually that's where you as a salesperson, you got to come up and pitch it, pitch yourself to me. You got to mm-hmm. break. And that's what I tell. I used to tell the girls, you got to go over there, go break the customer, go break them down. Go talk to him one time, yeah. whatever. But they or or like if you see the um the guys are with a group of friends or whatever. Okay, go over there, say hi, walk away, whatever. But then later, be still be cool with them. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Or, because yeah, it, and, even and think about it, this goes a long ways. Most of these mm-hmm. customers are reoccurring customers. They yes. So if you're cool with them, your flavor your flavor might not be their flavor today, but in a week or two weeks, maybe three weeks, shit. They might come back. Yeah. They might cut and they yeah. get a service. They might want you in their section, or there might not be the girl that's there that they like that other time that they got a lap dance for. And and you might come up to them and then now they're like, hey, I might get a lap dance from her. Are you so you never know. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Have good and, customer and service. I learned with stripping, there was a lot of valuable life lessons I have learned with stripping. Do you agree? I, well, you'd be the strip club manager. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's so many. I, I learned good having good customer service. I learned not to judge anybody. You know what I mean? Because I've heard, I used to hear like uh, customers saying all oh, their whores and this and that. 
But what's funny to me is like a girl just posted, um, she just posted her dentist was at the, she took a photo of him, snapped the, <laughs> her dentist was in the uh, strip, strip club. club. <laughs> and I'm thinking that just shows you the wide range of type of dudes, us dudes that are in the strip. It doesn't right. matter what occupation you're, it could be a construction worker. It can be a doctor. It can, I used to have issues with this one doctor Every day he was at the strip club and he was trying to, he was trying to offer the girls cocaine. He was trying to screw them. He was trying to take them home. There was always, and this dude was an actual doctor. Like you would never think he looked like he was, you could tell he had money. He looked, he's right. dressed, he had money. And uh, this dude was a problem every day. Yeah. I, I, you know I, what I, you know, what's crazy. What I have learned from stripping is I would talk to attorneys and I had this, I could tell by talking to them for the first like song or two, because I would stay the longest three songs if I talked to them, right? Like it was three songs. If you don't got to dance, I'm out, right? Yeah. If they were an attorney, I could tell if they were a criminal, if they were corporate, or if they were a silver attorney. And still to this day, when I'm dealing with different people, I could tell the difference of people are like, what's the difference in corporate attorneys? I'm going to just tell you this tidbit. Corporate attorneys are always the most stressed. Mm. Every corporate attorney. So like, it was crazy. I would talk to guys and I could tell what they did for a living too, by just talking to them. You kind of, yeah, you kind of get personalities, right? Right, right, yeah. right, right. Cause I, and I, and, and, and they would be like, wow, how did you know that? Or whatever. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I could, with attorneys, I could, I could distinguish which one was which by talking to them still to this day. And I think also um, doctors, I knew when I had a doctor um, often because they had a, they had like that doctor's touch. Yeah. They had a way when they did like, they had this, I don't know how to explain it, but just when I would give a lap dance, I'd be like, you're a doctor. They go, how did you know that? Yeah. And, and it was it was something it was well, it was doctor a- at, at the club i was at oh he was <laughs> a bad dude, boy he was uh, <laughs> trying to fall in love with every girl he would get a dance from i'm like well, bro damn pass and bring him here <laughs> i was like hey look at man just man, where's he at Get him here. he's probably still at the club right now he's probably oh, there right he's now still at the club yeah well, i want you to share with my listeners please tell us how you came about your podcast we want to learn so, yeah. more about your podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the podcast, I wanted to, you know, meeting all these different girls, I wanted to showcase their stories. Mm-hmm. Wanted to showcase a little bit of mine too, because I felt like, like I said, there's so many different stories, encounters that I've had that I've had working at a strip club, mm-hmm. and I think it's every day is every day was different. You never knew what you were gonna get. You might get a guy that got you know we had a there was times we would have to beat up a guy drag him out mm-hmm. and then he would take off angry and he'll come back the next day with money trying to tip tip us apologizing asking to come back in so you would have guys like that on a regular that would do something wrong get their butt kicked by the security or something and they'll come back and they were like happy to give us money and want to party again so um, every day was kind of a journey being in there from dealing with the bartenders, dealing with the customers, dealing with the dancers, even the bouncers. The bouncers would be trying to hit on the girls all the time. So I dealt with them complaining about the tips, the DJ complaining. I, I mean, every day was a different, different day, different story. 
But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with the girls. I don't think there's nothing like working with a bunch of beautiful girls and a couple of not so beautiful ones. But for the most part, <laughs> it was it was fun. It was cool. And that's how you came out with your podcast. Oh, no, no, no. So, yeah, man. See, you, you had me drifting on a whole nother. <laughs> man, you would think I'd be smoking or something, right? No, I don't. <laughs> smoke, but I do drink. Um, yeah, yeah. So I came up with the podcast because of the stories and the encounters I have, I've had. I said, you know what, Let, let's do something because this is this is kind of cool. Like who who's doing a like who's an actual strip club manager talking about the stories and talking to actually real dancers and having them sit down with us. And like with the porn girls, I mean, most of those girls were uh, dancers Strippers before. Yeah. yeah, before. So, yeah, I thought it would be cool. And um, I gave it a shot. And here we are now. Now I met you. Look, I met you through the yeah. podcast. So. No, when I heard, I've been on a lot of podcasts, but when I, and usually like, I hate some, I hate being on some of podcasts where there's a male host and I'll be real with you because they, all they seem to be focused on lately has been only fans. And that like kind of irritates me or like straight porn. But the when when uh, Ava brought it attention, it, uh, we met because you asked for um, I was on your podcast with Ava Devine. I saw and I was like, oh, my God, this is right up my I was like happy. She's like, it's like go find out if I could go be on it. I want to be on it. And I was happy I got to meet you because I really like that's the type of shit I love talking about. I love talking about back in the day when I was in the strip club because it was some wonderful memories. There are. And there's some great people you meet, too. Like, you, yeah, I, I met a lot of great dancers. I met dancers that would shit. They'll ride for me like they whenever I needed them there. I needed them to stay late with me if I need their help. They yeah, get up the place with me. I mean, man, I, I have great stories with some of the girls. So, so everybody's got to go tune into your podcast. Definitely, because you get to see some of the girls I've actually worked with. You get to see your episode with Ava Divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. I try Who else to- have you had on? Who else have you had on? Uh, porn stars. Uh, uh-huh. I've had a dominatrix girl by the name of Helena Locke. Uh-huh. She was on there. I don't know if you heard her. You can look her up. She got some crazy porn too. Um, mm-hmm. Savannah Ginger, who is Havana mm-hmm. Ginger's sister. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Havana Ginger. Yeah. Uh, who else have I had on there? That's, that's kind of it as far as porn girls. But and when, then you got the episode with Ava Divine too. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I got that. And then I mean, we covered the expo, the the uh, Avian expo. Yeah, and and I plan on covering more because I feel like I like being spontaneous, just ra- yeah. asking random questions. You got to do. Um, I usually go to, I'm going to tell you which exoticas were good. I went to Chicago. Yo, that was a good, good. um, Good show. It was a good show. And then in, I think it's late October, early November in Jersey is another exotica. And that's for the fans and everything. So I I highly recommend going for you like that to get some interviews done. Um, And they do have... um, they do have a uh, feature dancers there. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. Shit. If, when you go, I'll to- be there. I'm going to Jersey. Yeah. Okay. So Jersey one, I'll fly out, go out there. Okay. To cool. Yeah. I'm doing something in Miami too. So we're, yeah. we're going to see what's up, but I'll definitely do it. Um, now yeah. I just, I want to showcase, I want to talk about it. Cause a lot of people don't know what it's like working at a strip club. You know, people, right. there'll be customers coming up to me from all walks of life. And they'll be like, Oh man, you have the greatest job in the, you know, that's the, <laughs> be the greatest job i say it is to a certain degree it is it is a good job who else wouldn't want to have girls coming in your office 
getting butt naked in front of you. I loved it. I'll keep it real. That that part of it is dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there, <laughs> there's a lot of drunk girls you got to deal with, a lot of drunk oh. customers, um, a lot of girls that don't get along with each other, stealing, yeah. a lot of stealing each other's money, stealing each other's mm. clothing. I mean, there's, there's taking each other's customers. Oh, you took my customers. Yep, exactly. That stuff. Um, and I, I would say I'm, I had more issues. I probably had arguments every day. Every night was probably an argument with the girls, like counting their money and stuff at the end of the night. But I think I had a lot more issues with customers. Mm. Yeah. So the girls are a lot more easier to to handle. The customers, especially if they come in big groups, you don't know yeah, what's yeah, going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So I, I think the customers could be a lot more disrespectful. Right. You know, I could see that with with alcohol involved and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, well, but let I, my could you um. Let my listeners know where they can find you and where they can find your podcast and what it's called. Yeah, you just go on, um, you look up on Twitter. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of new to Twitter and I'm trying to get used to that. But um, I would prefer go to the YouTube Gentleman Club Diary. Um, you can see what we've done. Some of the girls we've interviewed, all real dancers, some porn girls. Uh, so Gentleman Club Diary, Instagram, uh, G Club Diary on Twitter. What else? Oh, and then if you want to Patreon. Oh, the Patreon, I think is G uh-huh. Club Diary as well. But yeah, check out the Gentleman Club Diary on YouTube. And and we're on Audio Boom too. So like if you look it up on Spotify and all that, we should come up too. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vince, for coming on. Get schooled. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. And uh I think we touched on every unless there's any other stripper things. Oh, we got it. We got it. So got thank it? you so much. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there are certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas, from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going to Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did